Hello everybody and welcome to the Leaving My Mark podcast. I released an episode that there wasn't too much between uh, releases, so that's a good sign, I think, at least. Today, my guest is going to be Gabby. Welcome to the show. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. I'm, I'm excited to be a part of the podcast. Well, I've been listening since the beginning, so. Well, how about that? I'm excited that you're on. It's... Uh, should be an interesting one today. We got some good topics for you. So uh, first to start off, just how we met. Now, I used to work with you. You have since vacated this place. Um, yes. I don't exactly remember the first time I saw you. I don't. Um, well, I don't exactly remember like the set location, but I remember that it was with... I had just been working there for a week. Uh-huh. And... I very vaguely remember you saying, hi, I'm Mark. And then sometime within that same week, you spilled something. But I'm not (laughs) sure if it was lemonade or tea. But I just remember that everyone was looking at you like, ah, this is normal. Yeah. Which over time, which over time, I I came to notice that, yes, yes, it's normal. Yeah. We had our couple encounters throughout of you spilling things. Yeah, more times than I care to admit publicly. (laughs) It's fine, it's fine, you know. It's just part of the process sometimes. It is, you know. I like to think with every spill, you learn how not to spill it next time. But I still tend to spill things all the time, so. But that's what I can tell myself, at least. If it makes you feel better, Mark. It does. At least for a couple minutes. And then somebody says something about me spilling something. and Again. Yeah. <laughs> that word. Again. And it's just, <laughs> yep, that's just how it is. All right. <laughs> well, our topic, the first one for today. No one prepares you for your life. That's what I put down in the outline for today. So what exactly were you thinking when you came up with this topic? So I feel like we spend a lot of time in school, like I'm talking about like 12 plus years in school and like suddenly you graduate and like you get thrown into situations that you would have never thought of in your head. Everyone, for instance, not too long ago, actually, short story time, (laughs) um, I was on my way to a friend's house. I'm driving normal, you know, nothing, nothing new, pretty mundane uh, day in the life of Gabby. And, you know, throughout school, like, everyone told me, like, oh, if, like, you're in an emergency or if something were to ever happen to you, like, if you're in a car, you know, call 911, right? Um, and that specific day, I got into a car accident. Um, thankfully, I was okay. You know, it was nothing, like, life-threatening. It was just, you know, I was I was shocked. I was scared. Um, but I remember I was there, and I was like, so, so do I call 911, or is this not considered an emergency? Is there, like, a different hotline for this? <laughs> So it was one of those situations where, like, you didn't exactly know what to do. Thankfully, my dad had, like, told me a couple of times, more or less, what it consisted of. You know, like, the insurance, uh, registration of the car. But it's, like, one of those situations that you aren't prepared for. And same thing goes for college. Like, I don't know about you, but I remember applying for financial aid. I wanted to drop out before I even joined (laughs) college. Yeah, it was quite a process to go through those uh, government forms. Even applying uh, for my first job, you know, filling out the tax forms, it was like, 
I don't even remember the number, but filling out tax forms and... The W-2? Out, yeah, the no. W-2. Is it W-2? One of them is a W-2, but then I think there's you like... You see, the I don't even know. Exactly. That's the problem. That's the problem. <laughs> That's exactly the the problem. That we what? don't even know what we're doing. Exactly. Yeah. What did you end up doing, though, when you got into the car accident? So now that I know next time. Yes. So basically what I did was... and. It's funny, uh, I'll tell you the rest of the story now, but um, first thing that I did, because I remember my dad told me that whenever I get into an accident, always take pictures. So you take pictures of the damage done to your car. Um, I went ahead and I took a picture of my license plate as well, just in case. Um, I took a picture of her license plate and I took a picture of the damage on her car. And then I took a video of um, everything all together, just so it was like uh, anything that the pictures didn't get, I could get in the video. Right. I also, like, I try not to exchange too many words with her. I didn't want anything being held against me or anything like that. So I try not to talk that much. But um, I did call 911. They asked me for, like, my location. So if you're not good with addresses, I, I suggest you, you touch up on that. <laughs> or at least be able to read street signs, you know? Yeah. <laughs> but they asked me my location. They were relatively quick. Um, I know usually people wait like 45 minutes for the police to get really? there. Uh, they, they got, yeah, they got there pretty quick for for something that wasn't too serious. But yeah, they basically asked me for my insurance and my registration. And then I just, they tell you to like describe what happened. And then the officer uh, went ahead and wrote up the report. They let us know who was at fault. And then, I mean, if if you'd like to hear the insurance part of that, I'd be more than happy to I mean, tell, but I don't want to bore anyone. <laughs> yeah, that sounds uh, not like the fun part Not, of the story. not <laughs> fun. Definitely the worst part about the whole thing. And then the weirdest thing happened. As soon as, like, I called the police, the lady literally left. She was like, I'm going to go get help. Yeah, she told me she was going to go get help, and then she just left, like, <laughs> they deserted the scene and i was like if the police gets you and she's like then what you know yeah. um thankfully thankfully um the accident happened literally at the corner of my friend's house like i'm not even exaggerating like i was about to enter the neighborhood if i would have driven just a little bit faster maybe i would have maybe <laughs> i would have made it but <laughs> it is what it is you know i believe everything happens for a reason yeah it's one of those things i remember uh my first i guess an only accident so far you know knock on wood yeah no. I'd, I'd say knock on wood mark <laughs> i was backing out of a parking lot at a university and this guy came around the corner and i didn't see him because there was like a pickup truck next to me but i'm slowly oh, yeah. backing out of my parking space and this guy comes by and just skims the end of my oh. spare tire in the back and I just feel something happen I was like what the heck just happened and then I get out of my car and I look and I see this guy's door was like pushed in he couldn't even get out he had to climb out to the back seat and I was just oh that's what happened it was thankfully you know he was nice about it and he didn't get mad and we had a nice conversation while the police were showing up but it was interesting to say the least when that happened I could imagine. I feel like everyone's first accident. I mean, I feel like every accident really is just like you get you get scared. Like it's like not like a. I mean, depending on the the like how bad the accident is. Yeah. Thankfully, ours weren't that bad. Um, but I feel like you feel like a, a sense of shock. Like yeah. I remember, I was fine, 
but I was like running on adrenaline at the beginning, like doing all these things, call the police, take these pictures, do this, do that. Then I called my dad and um, and everything was fine. Like I was normal. And then my mom calls me, she goes, what happened? And I just started crying for no reason because I was perfectly fine. <laughs> but yeah, definitely not, not a highlight of my life, but yeah, no, <laughs> it's an experience, something Exa- that I'll yeah, use in the go. future. An experience. <laughs> it, it's interesting how you go through high school because I guess that's not everybody goes on to college because you know it's not for everybody, and mm-hmm. you go through all these classes and it's like algebra, you get calculus, even if you're smart enough, you get trigonometry and like all these other math subjects that you never use at all, but like. How do you file taxes and like how do you survive on your own as an adult? What what do you do when your dishwasher breaks or when your t- car tire goes flat in the middle of the road? You know, like what do you do in these situations? That's never a subject of conversation at school. Yeah, and I feel like it's really unfortunate because I feel like a lot of us could benefit from, you know, things like that maybe even as an elective that it's not forced yeah. for kids to take because you know how like when they force you to do things you don't really pay attention yes yeah, um but i feel like it'd be a good elective or a good class to have um at least in high school once we're like older you know enough to understand um thank thankfully um i decided to take an accounting class um my sophomore year sophomore or freshman year and honestly it's helped a lot with like understanding taxes and um understanding taxes and things like um financially yeah yeah if that makes any sense like it's helped me understand my finances better and just be smarter about financial choices that i make in my life um but i can i can vouch i've been i've graduated high school well technically if we're counting like coronavirus as a graduation i've been (laughs) out of school since March and um I have yet to apply the Pythagorean theorem <laughs> in any aspect of my life, but hey, at least I know that a squared plus b squared equals c squared. I don't know when that will come in handy, <laughs> but you know, the more you know. Hey, if you ever are being mugged on the street and that person really needs to know what the Pythagorean theorem is, you'll be in luck. Yes, I definitely will. Although I doubt they'll want to know that yeah, over exactly. like my wallet <laughs> or anything like that. Hey, knowledge is power, you know. Maybe they just want some knowledge. That's what they're looking <laughs> for. <laughs> yeah, I've I've been out of high school. I don't know, what three years almost. Oh gosh, it makes me feel old. <laughs> <laughs> but I have yet to do any sort of algebraic equations at all outside of high school because. I don't like math, so I chose international relations as my major so I could avoid it entirely. So, I've been pretty good with that. But, I took a business class, and that probably was the most insightful class that I could probably use outside of school. Like, even if I never do anything with international relations, that's probably going to be the most useful class I ever took, because it was a lot of you know, financial stuff and talked about the stock market investing and like retirement portfolios and all that kind of fun stuff, you know? So that was interesting, but you know, that's, it's an elective. Not everybody has to take that. I don't know. It's, it's interesting. It's an interesting subject. Yeah. Interestingly enough, um, speaking about retirement, I remember, um, I took a class in high school. I was a dual enrollment class. It was English. And, you know, I expected to just be writing every single day 
that right. I was in that class. Um, but thankfully, um, the teacher that I had was, she was, you know, she was brilliant. Um, she was like one of her like main priorities was to make sure that we left her classroom prepared or at least with more knowledge than we entered. So, um, yeah. So one of her like main things that she wanted us to like know about was like how to prepare financially for the future. Mm -hmm. And I've always been big on that because one of my like goals in life is, you know, to be financially stable. That's something that I've always wanted. I don't want to worry about money ever. Um, So then she was big on retirement accounts. And I remember I I, like this was this is very like clear in my head. Like I remember this like it was yesterday. I I was very close with her. So I told her like, um, that's like years away. Like we don't have to worry about that yet. You know, and she told me, yeah, it's years away. But the longer you wait, the less money you'll have for retirement. And yep. I didn't really understand what retirement was at the time. <laughs> so I was like, what do you mean? I thought the government just gives you money. <laughs> uh, me, oblivious and young, even though that was like just a couple of months ago. But she introduced me to an, a Roth IRA account, mm-hmm. which is essentially uh, you put money into an account and you pay the taxes off over time. Right. If I'm not mistaken, I, I haven't looked. I haven't like looked into it in a while, so I might be a little wrong in some parts. But I know that essentially, when you go to take it out once you retire, you don't have to pay taxes on it because I believe that you've already paid off the taxes um, oh. throughout the years, which ends up being less since you put less money in at a time than when you take all the money out at once at the end. So the taxes would be less if I'm not mistaken. But um, basically, it's just a, a better way to have a retirement account. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Don't worry. Nobody's taking their financial advice, I hope, from this podcast. <laughs> so I think you'll be good. <laughs> yeah. Um, we should have like a, a discretionary message. Do not hold us accountable yeah. for your financial decisions. <laughs> I, I, I'm not responsible for what I say. It only comes out of my mouth and I'm not trying to, you know, present myself as somebody who knows anything about anything at all because I do not. Yeah. It's, it's like, you know how when your friend asks you for advice and at the end you go, but I don't know. That's just me. That, <laughs> exactly. This is kind of like one of those moments. Like, I don't know. This is just me. You, you do what you want. <laughs> exactly. But I feel like, you know, everyone, no matter how old they are, like, should have a financial plan for their future. Recently, I opened a high interest savings account. I don't know if you've heard of what that is, but um, essentially what you do is I did. I opened mine with Ally Bank, which is one of the banks that has the highest percentage of interest. Mm-hmm. Um, in other words, they pay you, they pay you to have money in the bank. Right. So sim- to put it in the simplest terms, so you keep your money with them, and then they pay you three point five percent back. Oh. Right now, it's just at one because of coronavirus and all that good stuff. But um, usually, they're at three point five percent. You know, that's just a good way to save yeah, money over time. Do you have multiple savings accounts or do you just have one? I do. I actually am like how to save money 101. So, <laughs> um yeah. I'm like I'm telling you like I don't want to struggle financially. I have like everything planned out. All right. Um which is kind of good and bad in its and it has its ups and its downs in terms of like it's good because you know I have a plan, but it's bad because when it doesn't go according to plan, I feel like my life is falling apart, <laughs> even though I know that's just a part of the process. Yeah. But I do. I have savings account with Chase, which is like a regular savings account where I deposit money each time like I get paid. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually have automatic transfers, so I don't 
like hesitate or make excuses as to why I don't do it. <laughs> um, yeah, then uh, whenever I get a refund from like FIU because of financial aid or whatever, I put that into my high interest savings account just oh. because I'm not going to touch that money anyways. So I might as well keep it there to accumulate more money. There you go. And then um, I have this other, it's not a savings account, but it's something that I came up with. Or actually, I saw it on TikTok. I know, right? Who would have thought you could get financial (laughs) advice from TikTok? But essentially what it is is that there's 100 envelopes. You label them 1 through 100. Mm -hmm. And then you could do this with two people or one. I'm doing it with with my friend just because this is going to be like our traveling, like our traveling money. Ah. because we want to travel to new york we you know when this whole thing is over hopefully (laughs) but essentially every two weeks um you pick an envelope well Mm -hmm. each of us picks an envelope and then whatever number is on the envelope is how much money we have to put in and then by the end of the year you should have five grand ah interesting that's interesting how long have you been doing that one for um i'm actually we're actually starting now in september because we both just like got we're getting adjusted into our new jobs because mm, okay. we both just got new jobs so yeah we're starting that now so if you see me in new york next year you know, you know how i got out. there <laughs> yeah right. i do have an interesting question for you i've always wanted to talk to somebody about this but go uh, for it let's see do you read books oh i love to read go, go. hit me with your question okay. i no. want to know what you want to know okay so i have started reading my first book right and I like it. It was a good pick. So I'm like 30 pages into it. I've always wanted to be a person that reads books, but I never have been for all of the reasons you could possibly imagine. But now I'm reading this book and I enjoy it. How do you find books that you like? Because I picked book a book on a topic that I've liked before and just read two pages and just said, forget this but this book is on a topic I like, and I like the way it's written. I like the author. So maybe I'll read more books by the author. But, like, how do you go about this decision-making process? Okay, so it's kind of a, a trial and error process. Mm-hmm. Um, it's funny that you mentioned a book now because I actually just started reading this new book, and I am, well, I'm, like, in love with this book. All right. uh, I'll, I'll tell you the name of the book now. Um, I suggest you read it. It's a good read so far. I'm, I started reading it yesterday yesterday i'm sorry and i'm like on page 50 or 60 already so it i personally am very fond of the book but my book choosing process i have perfected it over time at the beginning at the beginning was kind of just random i would just pick up a book and it'd it'd work for me or wouldn't work for me Mm -hmm. you know i'd i could tell if i couldn't like get past the first chapter quick um then it probably wasn't for me because i'm one of those um I'm the type of person that if I like a book, I, I literally will stop eating, breathing, everything <laughs> to continue reading. Like, my parents would have to force me to go eat to the kitchen because I would be, like, in a different universe with my book. Ah. Um, I try to, obviously, like how you said, pick a topic that I like. Mm-hmm. And then something that I've been using um, lately, actually not too long ago, to pick my books is that it usually if you go on Amazon... Mm-hmm. It lets you like preview the book, like the beginning, like the first couple oh, of pages. Okay. And what I do is that I read those first couple of pages, and usually I could tell if I'm if I like the style of the book. Mm-hmm. Um, a big thing about books for me is I don't like books that are written in a childish type of way. I like more 
mature reads and i'm not talking about like exotic like 50 shades of gray reads i'm right i'm referring to like the style in which it's written in you know mature language um yeah not (laughs) not even big words just that it's written professionally it doesn't sound like a middle school book you you i don't know if you get what i'm saying no i get what you're going for yeah if you would like a good read this wonderful piece of art that i'm reading right now is called um, the subtle art of not giving a, and you can fill in that blank <laughs> if you'd like. And really, honestly, yes, it's so good. I feel like everyone should read this book because it teaches. I was reading this book and I'm like, wow, this book is really calling me out, <laughs> you know. And I feel like we all need that like reality check. Yeah. Because I feel like when, for instance, if now you're having a conversation with someone and they're telling you what's in this book. You won't hold yourself accountable because you don't want to tell the other person like, oh, yeah, you're right. But when you're reading a book, it's different. It's like you're talking to yourself. That's so true. you could kind of be like, damn, I really <laughs> do do that. Or damn, yeah, it's right. I could probably do better here. And I just feel like this book like will help people that are so used to like doing things for other people and just like overthinking things. Just stop. And honestly, <laughs> I'm huge on overthinking. And Same. one of the topics that this book covers is the feedback loop from hell. Ah. And that's basically like the thought process of when you're like, for instance, let's say something happens. You're like, oh, my God, this happened. And then you're thinking about like, oh, my God, and now I'm thinking about it. And it's just like a constant loop of thinking about the same thing. Um, ah. The book explains it better than me, ah. obviously. But really a good book. But I was going to ask you, I forgot. Uh, what book are you reading? Well, the book I'm reading is why we're polarized by Ezra Klein it's political science book and so far I'm hooked it's very interesting I'm like maybe halfway through the first chapter of it so it's still kind of setting things up but I'm kind of getting to the point where he's gonna say what he wants to say and then prove why it's this way okay so let me let me think because I gotta say this right now now that I have, I'm going to be accountable to the people here. Basically, the premise of it is, is that the parties are separated by ideology right now. And there's not much common section between them. The most interesting uh, thing that it brought up was that apparently people who register themselves as independent voters today are more, vote more in line with one party or another than people did in the 50s and 60s. People who associated themselves with one particular party. So if you were registered Republican in the 50s, you would vote more unpredictably than an independent who tends to vote Republican today. That's sort of the thing. Mm, I see. I mean, I could see, I it makes sense in a way because I feel like most of us um, register as a certain party even though we might not belong to it. I feel like, for instance, like, I feel like some of us register, let's say, this is just an example. Mm-hmm. Um, let's say someone registers Democrat because, you know, they tend to agree with Democrats, but um, not always. I feel like they would register Democrat just so that they have, at least in Florida, the opportunity to vote in the primaries, even yeah. if they might vote Republican for the elections. I mean, that's the only reason that I would see someone uh, registering as a certain party versus independent. Mm-hmm. Because as independent, you don't even get the chance to vote in the primaries in Florida. Yeah, that's true. And there's a lot of other states that are like that as well. Yeah, I feel like at least primaries, we should have, at least in Florida, open primary voting. Just mm-hmm. because I feel like, you know, like 
eh, I don't know how to explain it. <laughs> but I feel like we should have open primary voting just because, like, you know, maybe you're independent because you don't align with any specific party, but you still want to see certain members from each party yeah. be able to, I mean, see them as president. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. As a that. potential candidate. I agree with that line of thinking. I think that makes sense. Because, you know, I, <laughs> I hope the people as an independent, so, like, I don't get to vote in primaries. Want, yeah. So. I hope the people that are listening to the podcast understand my rambling. You know, I, think, I, I mean, I don't consider myself a rather intelligent person, and I understand what you're getting at because I think the meaning is getting across. It's there. The meaning is there. It's. I don't think it's coming across as well as you'd like it, but it's coming across. It's there. As long as the people understand, you know, I'm all about getting the message across. Doesn't matter how you do it, type thing. Exactly. Just that you do. <laughs> exactly. But yeah, that's the book that I'm reading. And it's been very interesting so far. I'm I'm very into politics. And this is... I've kind of had a theory on why things are today the way they are. But also, I have learned a lot only going through like half the first chapter of things that I just never would have thought of. And it's just very interesting. And like I said, I'm hooked. And I've tried other books in the same topic in the same topic and they're just not yeah and but for some reason i think it's mainly the style of writing that the author writes in it just yeah it's more i don't want to say humorous because it's not a funny book but there's humor in it like for example like like satirical type it's it's sort of like like one of the things in the book is like Apparently, in like 1960-something, the American Association of Political Scientists uh, wrote an open letter that stated that the parties in America are too similar and it doesn't give people enough choice between one party or another. So we need a more polarized country. The next line was somebody who said, um, you know, if this person had it this way, this is how it would turn out. And then there's like an open parentheses and it says narrator comment. That person did have it this way and it did turn out that way. Like, you know, just something that was not something hilarious, but just something like, huh, you know, something like that. Yeah, it's kind of like, I guess like the narrator like breaks like that wall between. The fourth wall. I guess, yeah. I don't know what the correct terminology for that would be, but I think we understand each other. Yeah. Yeah, I was actually going to uh, say, if if you like the way that he writes, you could always um, look for more books by that author and give it a chance. That's also yeah. another thing that I do. I think that's a good place to start because, I mean, it's an interesting book. So the same guy writes other books, why not go through other books? You know, makes sense. Yeah, yeah no, of course. While we're on the topic of politics um i'm not gonna get into politics because that you know dangerous subject um (laughs) but in relation to the topic of politics what are your thoughts on when this the cancel culture nowadays i mean i think that encompasses a very broad spectrum of things i think in some cases some people say things and you know they're like why the heck are you saying this and it's understandably so why people go after that person like it totally makes sense but then there's also something like if this person said something you know 50 years ago that really isn't that bad for 50 years ago standards like why is it such a big deal or you know just i think a lot of it is situations that it's really not that big of a deal 
like why are we making such a fuss of, over this but also I think it's a small group of people through uh, voice channels that they wouldn't have had before to express themselves now have the channels to express themselves and sort of gather a movement that otherwise wouldn't have happened so I think like for social media you know you use a hashtag cancel insert person's name here and then you know somebody sees this retweets it and then somebody retweets that and then all of a sudden you got you know a thousand people who don't like this person but a thousand people is not that big but for some reason it's an amplified voice online so i mean i think it's i think it's a product of our time social media platforms that weren't there before but i think some of it is ridiculous i can understand where some of it comes from but it's it's a little bit out of hand sometimes. <laughs> yeah, my problem with cancel culture is I feel like the basis of calling somebody out on something, for instance, um, I don't know if you have Twitter. I actually I think, think you do. I think you follow me. Um, yes. But um, because I'm my sorry. problem with um, plugging in, leaving my mark has a Twitter. It's uh, leaving my mark one, I think. That's what it is on Twitter. Go follow us. Sorry, yeah, put it in the description too. Yes, it will be in the description as well as our email, our Instagram, and all that other fun stuff. See, quick little promo. I did that for you. Yes, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I was just saying, oh yeah, right. <laughs> Sorry, lost the train of thought. Basically, my problem with cancel culture, especially on Twitter, is that um, somebody will say something, right? Mm -hmm. And the point of calling them out on like, hey, you know, like this is wrong, or like, um, look at what this person is saying like why do you think like that I feel like the whole purpose in calling that person out on what they're saying is for them to realize that they're wrong and make a change nice. correct correct me if I'm mistaken Makes sense. so and I don't understand when people proceed to cancel them in terms of you know let's ruin their life you know get them out of their Ivy League college or even <laughs> heck even their community college yeah you know um, let's get them fired on the basis that they said this what five years ago maybe they're not even that same person i understand what they said is wrong but you know you could call them out without you know canceling their entire life everything you know that they've you know i feel like we all go through that stage in middle school where we say things that are wrong yeah and we know they're <laughs> wrong but we don't stop doing it until you know we mature i just feel like that's a process of like a part of yeah. the process of growing up of going through change and when you cancel someone over something like that already when they're you know grown and you know have a job you know that they depend on for their well-being in order to survive and make it that it's just toxic and it creates a toxic environment and social media is not about you know tearing the community apart it's about bringing us together so i feel like it's a very counterintuitive approach because if you want someone to change and you cancel them then there really is no way for them to change because, I mean, I don't know. If someone ruins my life, I don't want to satisfy them after no, that. Yeah. I think you've just made things worse for them. And... Yeah, exactly. And it, at times, I'm not saying always because, you know, it's a situational circumstance, um, but at times that might even worsen the situation Yeah. Uh, of what they said. Maybe it'll in make them more inclined to say something like that again or... You know, it just depends. But I just feel like the cancel culture is really toxic nowadays. And it's yeah. something that we need to back away from. And it's also something, sometimes I get the feeling that, you know, there's people out there 
digging through years of tweets, trying to find something bad about you. It's kind of sad. I feel like those are the people should get, that should get canceled. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, trust me, you want to restart this life, buddy. Like, if you're looking through people's tweets from five years ago, like, I get tired going through my tweets from, like, a year ago. So <laughs> I don't know how those people do it. I hope they have, like, some kind of software or something. Yeah, you would hope so, right? Looks through everything for them. I'm, I'm definitely hoping so. <laughs> people, gotta love them. <laughs> oh yes, because if you don't love them, then you're gonna end up fighting them. Exactly right. I, I like to say the best part of life are the people, and also the worst part of life. Ah <laughs> uh, yes, I, I've actually never heard that before, but very true statement. Which reminds me, I, I was actually gonna tell you. Mm -hmm. Um, I remember I was listening to you and Joseph's podcast. Yes. Um, shout out to Joseph, by the way. I never got to say bye to him when I left. I, I mean, I didn't really get to say bye to anyone when I left. Yeah, it was that's kind true. of like, <laughs> it was kind of unprecedented, um, kind of last minute, really haste type of thing. But whatever. Before I forget what I was gonna say, mm -hmm. I remember you said that sometimes your problem. Like, we, we make our problems out to be so big because it's like when you have your hand right in front of your face, you you know, you can't see around it. So, yeah. honestly, when you have your your problem, like, it's right in front of you, it seems so big when really it's it's might not be that big to somebody else. It doesn't lessen your problem. And I, I don't know, that just really spoke to me. <laughs> well, I'm I was glad. like, wow. Yeah. I was like, wow, I've never seen it like that before. And now I have a way to, like, explain it to other people. Yeah, that's just one of those things that, I don't know, my dad told me that I was just like, yeah, you know, that's one of those fatherly wisdom bits that you get. It's very true. I mean, everything is, not everything, but mo for the most time, everything's relative, you know? it Just because it's big to you doesn't mean that it's not big and, you know, everybody in a different situation has their own problems that may be nothing to you, but to them it's big and it's... That's, the important part is that it matters to them. And I think that's the biggest thing with everything in life. I think, you know, people who think differently than you or act differently, differently than you is to realize that this person is a human being and there's thoughts and reasons behind why a person acts and does and says the way and the things that they do. And to try and understand that person and then, then talk to that person and then try and help the person out i think that goes a long way and is kind of understated yeah adding on to that I, I get what you're saying like it's like maybe somebody else's problems might not seem big to you but to them they're everything and I, i've been in situations like that which is i've personally always never i've i've told myself that i'd never try and make other people's problems seem small to them mm -hmm. um like for instance i've had people come to me with problems um i've never been like oh but there's people dying in you know said continent I don't know, yeah like i can't i can't you know when people, do that. <laughs> when people say that i mean yeah it's like okay that's obvious but as maybe as bad as this sounds like okay but i'm not in africa i'm not dying so how does this help me now I, I, yeah exactly it's like yes that's a problem and i acknowledge it and i understand it's a bigger problem but it's not a direct problem you know it's not affecting me directly and you know, it's it's hard to tell someone to think of their problems as not being serious, even though there's other more serious problems going on. Obviously, that's more serious. And, you know, I understand that to be a serious problem. But, you know, right now, for instance, when my car got crashed into, it was like the end of the world for me. I'm like, oh, my God, how am I going to get to my job? You know, um, now whose car am I going to borrow? Who's going to take me to work? How is this going to get fixed? How long? How expensive? 
you know, it's like a bunch of problems going on in your head. Yeah, they're minuscule on the global scale or in other people's perspective, but in your own life, you know, it's your direct problems. So they're obviously going to be bigger. Yeah, we don't live like based on the global scale. We live based on what's happening to us and what's going on around us as an individual. Exactly. Like, mm-hmm. And even within communities, like the problems are like right now we live in Miami, you go far up as Orlando and it's like a whole other thing and yeah. not even that far. You might go up to West Palm Beach is a different, you know, different um, community problems and stuff like that, if you get what I'm saying. Oh, yeah. I mean, you don't even need to go that far. Just go to a different part of Miami and you get a whole other problems. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I was going to say something, but I forgot what it was. You see, this is why, once again, honestly, the best podcast I ever listened to, I think, was the one between <laughs> you and Joseph. I picked up on so many things, like writing down notes. You don't know how many things I would have forgotten if I wouldn't have been writing down notes. I mean, okay, so everybody's been, not everybody, my parents have been trying to give me to write notes for a while now, but I'm too stubborn to actually do it. I feel like I'm better than this. It makes me feel like an old man if I have to write down what I'm thinking. And so I just don't do it, even though I know it's better for me and I should start doing it. But here I am. Writing down notes in terms of the podcast or just in general, like just throughout general. your daily life? Just in general. I think reminders are, are healthy. You know, I think it's normal for our brain to skip out on on things just because like we're doing so many things at yeah. a time within one day, you know, like, and, it, and it becomes difficult to juggle everything. So I don't think that makes you feel old. I think that should make you feel human <laughs> because we all forget things, trust me. Oh, speaking of forgetting, I remember what I was going to say now. I have a couple of friends that like when they do something like accidentally trip, they're worried about like who's watching and stuff. And like I get that mentality because I spill things a lot at work. And I the first thing I do is look around to see what the damage is and who saw and what, you know, <laughs> the ramifications of this situation. Yeah, it's kind of like if nobody saw it, then it didn't happen type of thing. Exactly. But the thing is, is that I think we all tend, not of course, I'm speaking generally, but for at least the situations and the people that I've encountered, myself included, we like to think of ourselves as the main character in the show. And everybody around us is really just like, supporting characters and background characters who come in and leave but it's our show and we're the main characters so everything that happens to us directly impacts everybody around us but i think it's an interesting way of looking at it more of that there is no starring character we're all supporting characters in this role of life and when you do one thing like a trip chances are the 50 people that are around you maybe two people saw it one person thought it was funny, and nobody is going home and telling this story later. It's not really a thing that impacted their life. Like, think of all the times that you've seen what somebody almost do something, or do something embarrassing, and then you just forgot about it. You don't really think about it anymore. But that person is up at 3 o'clock in the morning thinking about it in this terrible situation that just happened. And, oh my god, who saw? And what just happened? And I can't believe that just happened. But I think... For the most part, of course, with plenty of exceptions included, uh, the things that we do don't really make that much of an impact on other people. Like, you know, unless you're talking about like friendships and like other things like that. But I'm talking about like, you know, when you spill something or when you accidentally trip or say something a little bit embarrassing in a conversation in front of a lot of people. Most people aren't going to really take that as a big thing. They just take it and they just move on with their lives. It's not really 
a thing that's important to them. And I think that's an interesting point relating to all of the problems and stuff. What you said, just like, I saw fireworks in my brain. Like, <laughs> it made so much sense to me. Like, ex- because I felt, I've felt exactly what you're saying. Like, for me, it's not so much like when I'm like, spilling stuff because I don't I mean knock on wood I don't spill things um I mean I guess I shouldn't have to worry about that anymore but uh for me it's when I'm at the gym Uh there's I I recently found out there's a word for it it's called gym intimidation yes I'm introducing you to a new word yes gym intimidation when I go to the gym I'm like oh my god people are looking at me I'm doing this wrong the guys are laughing at me because they see me struggling with a 10 pound weight like you know like we're over here thinking like oh my goodness and I've seen so many Instagram videos like joking about it too where it's like girls at the gym oh my god they're staring at me I'm doing this wrong I don't know what to do next let me just pretend to be grabbing (laughs) some weights and then it's like from the guy's perspective or like other people's perspective and it's like damn after this like i'm gonna bulk up you know and like it's basically (laughs) how they're not even paying attention to you and the whole time you're just overthinking and that's why i've found like it's been an ongoing battle honestly this gym intimidation thing (laughs) um but the things that i've found that have been helping is like you know going to the gym with someone or surprisingly enough um wearing a hoodie I know it sounds really? horrible. A hoodie at the gym, yes, it makes you. It makes it sound like I'm gonna die from suffocation, um, from like a heat stroke or something. But it honestly helps. You just put the hoodie on, put some headphones in. It's like you're in a whole other world. Recently, I've been trying to focus on getting a gym partner, but my friends are flakes, so you know can't That's rely tough. on them. <laughs> yeah. So in term, um, tying it back to what you were saying, it's like. Nobody really pays attention to what you're doing, but no. you'll be up after you. I'm like, oh my goodness, this person was totally like making fun of me. And really, they weren't. And yeah. that ties back into the feedback loop from hell that I was talking about earlier, where, you know, you'll do or say something and you'll just spend hours upon hours thinking about it and then and end up just making it worse for yourself because nobody was paying attention. Yep. Sometimes, I don't know why, it feels like I'm kind of giving myself like an ego boost or something when I think this way, but it's not, I'm not trying to do that. But like when I see other people laughing or like whatever, I'm like, that person's probably thinking about me or whatever. But like that person has an entire <laughs> life of their own. Why on earth would I be the subject of their conversation? That makes no sense. And I could probably bet on literally anything else happening. And it would be that rather than me being a part of that conversation. Like, I don't know why that pops into my head. It's completely absurd. And I don't know why. I give myself way too much importance if that's really what I'm thinking. I think that's funny. Like, <laughs> like I could just imagine you're going by your day to someone laughing. It's like, damn, they're probably thinking about that one time that I spilled tea like two weeks ago. And like, they're definitely nothing about that. They're probably nope. just thinking about some meme that they saw on Instagram before they clocked in. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, there's definitely something there, Mark. Yeah, I don't know why. I don't know why I do a lot of things to myself that I do. Honestly, I ask myself that question a lot. Why? But I wanted to bring it up to you. Um, mm-hmm. I couldn't say it in the moment because I couldn't remember it, but I managed to grab the book as quietly as possible. Oh, um, wow. <laughs> yes. I appreciate that. And there's this specific part of the book that says, and it really, you know, stood out to me because I was like, that makes sense, but like, I would have never thought of that. And it's basically that the desire for more positive experience is itself a negative experience and paradoxically the acceptance of one's negative experience in it is itself a positive experience and then the 
the sentence that follows is this is a total mind and fill in the blank you know? uh-huh. <laughs> and it's true like when you really think about it the more that you want like happiness i guess you could say like i don't know let's put it this way a scenario right um mm-hmm. let's tie it to i don't know the gym right mm-hmm. okay, like you tell yourself like oh my god like you know the desire for a positive experience in this case would be like oh my god i want that ideal gym body so then you're like you're like you keep thinking about oh my god i need that to be happy i need that to be happy once i have that i'll be happy which i feel like a lot of us tell like, that to ourselves a lot yeah um that once we get this one thing you know we'll be set we'll be happy <laughs> and the book is basically saying that to tell yourself that is to set yourself up for a negative experience because um it's kind of like the backwards law in terms of the idea that the more you try to uh, chase that feeling better all the time, the less satisfied you'll become because the fact that you're chasing after it reinforces the, the feeling and the idea in your head that you don't have that thing that would satisfy uh. you. You see, it, it would be much easier to say like, hey, I'm out of shape, you know, what am I going to do about it? Versus saying, once I reach that, I'll be happy. Instead of focusing on, okay, I'm yeah. not happy right now. So I'm, let me just do what I got to do until I feel happy. But you don't set what happy is. You get me? Yeah, I get that. And not even so much as an object. Like we tell ourselves like, um, I don't know, once this, once I get through this, you know, I, I'll just be, I'll be happy. Like once I get through this appointment, let's say if you hate the doctor for whatever reason, <laughs> yeah. And you're like, once I get through this appointment, you know, I'll be back to, to normal. I'll be happy, whatever. And then you go for your appointment and then, I don't know, something happens and you're mad again or you're upset again. <laughs> so it's like, it's yeah. really unhealthy, I think, to let one thing or a certain, like, couple of things determine whether you're happy or not. I feel like happiness should really be focused on on yourself, like on how yeah, you feel absolutely. mentally and and internally. I don't know. Maybe that's just me, but... So that's why I'm saying, like, I highly recommend this book. Like, it has, like, things like this and, like, so many more things that I feel like so many of us need to hear and know because we don't realize it until somebody's telling it to our faces as, you know, it is what it is. This is how it is. You just don't know that because you won't let let yourself see it that way. Well, I don't know about anyone else, but I'm definitely sold on it. I think I'm going to look that up afterwards. I I have it written down, so... Yeah, just um, piece of advice. If mm-hmm. you do go to purchase it, don't make the mistake that I did. I accidentally bought the summary instead of the book. <laughs> don't know why they would sell a summary <laughs> of the book on Amazon, but you know, you know, don't don't make the mistake I did. Don't do that. Just um, there there goes my intelligence for you. <laughs> there was um, I don't I think I remember hearing it in my business class. I think it was that reminded me of. That, you know, the sort of, once I get this, I'll be happy sort of thing. It was sort of that it's had to do with finance that when people make, let's say you make, I don't know, $10,000 a year, which is nothing, but it's an easy number to work with. So I'm working with that number. Okay. I was going to say, yeah, $10,000 a year is just not going to cut it for some of us. No. So, um, you make $10,000 a year, right? And you have all your finances centered around $10,000 a year. And you get kind of tight in a certain area, and it's like, if only I made $12,000 a year, I would be set. Because then I would have so much money left over, and I would be fine. But there's an interesting phenomenon that happens that when you make that $12,000 a year, now all of a sudden... You're You're tight. Exactly. You're kind of... Your spending 
raises to kind of match the money that you're making instead of, you know, keeping below, like acting like you're still making $10,000. For some reason, people tend to go buy more things or do something else, like buy a dishwasher when you haven't had it before. Like now's the yeah. time to replace a dishwasher. And it's, well, now that I'm making 12000 if only I was making 14000 and then so on and so forth. But for some reason, people's spending always seems to match the amount of money that they're making. And it's like that always, oh, if I only had $100 more, it doesn't really work. And it's interesting that kind of, I think it ties in, parallels the whole happiness thing that you were talking about. Yeah, and do you want to actually hear something funny about what you just said? Yeah. They actually <laughs> mentioned that exact same example in this book. There you go. <laughs> it's... And it's true, like, I feel like we even notice it in our own finances, yeah. at least I do. I remember I used to make $200, maybe, <laughs> like, $200 every week. And I mean, not every week, whatever. Point is, I used to make, like, $200 every paycheck, right? And yeah. somehow I would make that work for me. Yeah. And all of a sudden, one week, I worked a little bit more, and I started getting more hours. Suddenly, I'm making more. I'm not going to say exact number, because I honestly don't remember, but... Basically, every time that they, I, you know, my a bank account started having more money, suddenly I started getting more expenses. I'm like, how is this happening? Like, I'm making more money. How am I still tight on money? Right. <laughs> and it's just, um, it all comes down to poor money management at the end. Um, I remember I watched this video. I wish I remembered the YouTuber now, so I could, you know, you know, put it out there for the fellow, fellow podcast listeners. There's this YouTuber, and she has like eight um, money management habits that are like eating at your at your money and you know i watched the video and i'm i'm glad to say that now i don't make those mistakes anymore yeah. um but i remember when i watched i was like oh my goodness you know this is this is it's looking rough out here <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely looking rough and you know sometimes most of our expenses are from things that we don't even realize that we have like i just canceled the disney plus subscription like three days ago wow and i didn't even remember i had i <laughs> and i promise you i had it for maybe four months and i never used it once never yep. ever like i'm not even exaggerating never used it i just had it for the hype maybe watched one movie on it <laughs> or I don't even think I watched a Disney movie. I think I watched like a, a National Geographic documentary. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> and then I had two leeches on that account. Two people leeching off of that account. I think it was my sister and like my best friend, which shout out to her because I told her I would send her the podcast link when it released. Ah. So it all comes down to how you manage your finances and how invested you are in it too. You know, some people will, I feel like everyone eventually well, I'd like to see everyone because I know that there are people that are like 40 and still don't have it together. No. Um, but I'd like to say that almost everyone reaches out point in their life where they're like, okay, like, you know, I have to like get like settle down. I have to manage my finances. Um, I mean, the sooner the better, honestly, that you yeah, can't do exactly. any harm. Yeah, you was, really can't do any harm. It was like, uh, it was interesting. I don't know if you ever seen those videos that it's like, if you started saving $1 a day when you're 18 versus saving like $5 a day when you're like 30 and how much more money you have from saving a dollar a day from being 18 than, you know, five from when you're 30. It's just crazy. I know. And the, and the crazy part is that the, the difference is significant and you, um, when you save a dollar a day, it doesn't seem like a lot. 
Nope. But a dollar a day in a year is $365. So, I mean, yeah. the more years you do that for, uh, I mean, you do the math. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> the sooner the better. And that's how a retirement account works. You know, the sooner you open one, a high interest savings account as well. The sooner you put money in it, you'll be growing your money. Same way that with a retirement account, the sooner you open it, the more time that you'll be saving money, yeah. adding money into your retirement account. So that's why it's it's good to know about these things earlier in life. But of course, it's not beneficial for, for I guess government. I don't know if it'd be government. I'm not that I'm not that well versed in in retirement, uh, <laughs> in retirement. But tricky subject when it comes to retirement. I would say and like financial literacy in general. Well, I mean, I think you'd make a financial advisor i think today everybody's got their uh two cents worth of financial advice from you <laughs> i mean i i hope they learn something i'm not you know don't take what i said with a like a grain of salt you know i try to help people as much as i can because it's like i don't know i've never understood that like whole like oh that's my thing like you can't you know benefit from it too because that's my thing no it's like Spread, the, you know, share the share the knowledge, man. <laughs> like, if I can save myself and like prepare myself for the future, like I'm not hurting myself by helping you do the same thing. Exactly. It's like, beneficial to all of us if all of us are doing good. <laughs> exactly, because then I mean, this is already like getting very like, you know, hypothetical. But then that means that there's less people relying on others. Yes. Uh, a more self-reliant uh, community. Sharing is caring. Sharing is In caring. this case, it is, <laughs> you know, I don't care who it is. Like, I'm always willing to help. That's just who I am. I mean, that is why I, I'm choosing the career that I, I am choosing because I love to help people. Um, but, yeah, I mean, if anybody wants more info on any of this, like, I hope you guys have my number. I don't know. I'm not going to say it on here because I don't want people randomly messaging me, but um, I'm always willing to help. If you have my number, I, I can help. I will try to, to the best of my knowledge. I'm not a financial advisor, but I have my I have my few little tips and tricks. Well, two things. Uh, one is that as a member of the humans, we appreciate your generosity and willingness to help. And two, I appreciate that you think my podcast is popular enough that you'll have random people messaging you. <laughs> I mean, so. I don't know about random people, like complete strangers, but it's like, I don't want someone like, hey, Gabby. And I'm like, this is an unknown number. I don't know who this is. And then it's kind of like that awkward thing where you're messaging back and it's like, oh, yeah, like, hi, like, how are you? But hey, I really you. don't know who it is. Yeah, yeah. And then you just kind of have to start guessing who it is from the text messages. Yeah, that's what I don't want. You know, awkward, <laughs> like, situation. Well. Appreciate you uh, coming on. This has been a great episode. Uh, thank you for the conversation and the topics. This has been very interesting. And thank you all for listening here. I have my email in the description as well as the social media platforms in the description. Breaking news, I'm not doing the website anymore because of subscriptions. It costs <laughs> money. And, you know, I just left it there for a while and it was fine, but it's no longer fine. So that's not happening anymore. <laughs> But everything else will be here. Contact me through email, social media, all that jazz. And you'll be featured in that future episode. So, you know, there's that. So, again, thank you for coming on. Appreciate it. No, it was my pleasure.
and I hope we didn't bore anybody with our, you know, money talk and stuff. No, it's interesting, fascinating information. I'm sure the people loved it. I would hope so. Well, thank you all for listening, and stay safe out there. Bye.